Hi, I'm Gavin Giovannoni, Professor of Neurology at Bath's and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry. And I'm doing this short uh, MSLP podcast to address a question from a patient who sent me an email around whether or not acetate or Capaxone can affect uh, uh, hormones, uh, but in particular menstruation and the uh, menopause. So this particular woman um, developed MS quite late in life and was put onto Capaxone. And when she went onto Capaxone, she stopped having periods. We use the term amenorrhea to describe that. And during that three years that she was on it, whenever she stopped the Capaxone, her periods would uh, reoccur, would, would come back, implying that Capaxone was affecting uh, her uh, menstrual cycle. Now, at the age of 51, she's at an age where you'd expect her to start going into the so-called perimenopause, in other words, having irregular periods and becoming menopausal. So the question is, is this perimenopausal or the capaxone? And I went and did a big uh, research on the, uh, the you know public medical databases, and I couldn't find any reference to clitoromacetate actually affecting fertility, the action of the oral contraceptive pill, uh, menstrual cycle, endocrine function or the menopause. So this possibly is just coincidence. Uh, um, if you do go to Google and you search about Capaxone and uh, menstruation, you do find a lot of comments coming up from individual women uh, noting that their periods were irregular or Capaxone may have in interfered with their menstruation, but this could be coincidence. I mean, Capaxone is a very commonly prescribed disease modifying therapy. And at the same time, menstrual irregularities uh, are also very common. And, you know, we as humans like to think that these two may be causally linked to each other. And that's why uh, people have been asking the question. But I think uh, based on my literature search, as well as the summary of product characteristics of Capaxone, um, it's unlikely that Capaxone uh, affects a menstrual cycle or the menopause. Just to say the mode of action of Capaxone is quite complicated. Uh, it doesn't work immediately. It takes many months for it to have its maximum effect. Uh, and we think this is because it affects immune function by altering immune networks. And similarly, when you stop the drug, it takes many months for MS disease activity to come back. Come back. Um, so the mode of action of Capaxone also is difficult to ascribe uh, this to affecting the uh, menstrual cycle uh, or menopause. So I personally think for this individual, uh, it's likely to be likely to be coincidence. Um, it's quite clear now that this woman has gone into menopause and she stopped having uh, periods, but then she developed what we call postmenopausal uh, bleeding, which is abnormal and quite a worrying symptom. And an uh, ultrasound of the uterus of a womb showed that she's got thickened endometrium, and that's very worrying. And uh, rightly so, her GPs arranged for her to go and have an urgent biopsy. And this is obviously to exclude a pre-malignant or malignant condition. Now, that's important because um, I actually recommend in all my patients, uh, female patients who are uh, perimenopausal or menopausal, they should consider taking HRT provided they have no contraindication to taking HRT. And the reasons for doing that is because there is some evidence that HRT is good for the brain and it may be disease modifying or at least potentially impact on the long-term course of multiple sclerosis. Um, I mean, there are other advantages to HRT outside of brain health. You know, it improves metabolic health in terms of cardiovascular health. 
Um, it, it may also, uh, well, it's also very important for bone health and preventing osteopenia and osteoporosis. Um, I mean, there is this worry, and it's that by taking oestrogens, um, it may increase your risk of cardiovascular disease, you know, thrombotic complications, developing blood clots, for example. Uh, and it may drive certain uh, types of cancer, but those that research was always was done many many decades ago, um, using uh, you know first generation oestrogens uh, that were derived mainly from horse urine actually, um, uh, and nowadays they much lower doses given by a safer route. So we're not hundred percent sure if the current forms of HRT are linked to increased risk of uh, vascular disease, that's myocardial infarction, heart attacks, uh, or strokes. And similarly, we're not 100% convinced that the modern forms of HRT are linked to a higher risk of uh, breast cancer, for example. The good thing about the breast cancers that are picked up in women on HRT, they're usually picked up very early because they're part of screening programs. And the um, management of, uh, these tend to be estrogen receptor positive breast cancer have a good prognosis. I think the overall um, picture around HRT is that all cause mortality is no different in women who take HRT and those who don't. So I personally think at a, a, at a population level HRT is safe and every, every woman should have the option of being on HRT and should not be told they can't have it. It should be a personal choice based on having enough information around the risks and benefits of the uh, treatment. Um, anyway, this particular woman who asked me in, in this email, she, the fact that she's got postmenopausal uterine bleeding uh, and a thickened endometrium means there's something going on, and that is a contraindication to estrogen uh, containing HRT. Irrelevant to this particular patient, I often use uh, what we would call therapies to suppress uh, menstruation. Uh, this is sometimes personal choice. Some women just don't like having periods. Um, the most commonly used treatment nowadays is uh, for that is for, is to use an intrauterine contraceptive device that, that secretes progesterone. The, the commercial name for that is called the Marina Coil, and it's uh, you know women are very satisfied with that particular form of contraception and having their periods suppressed. Some uh, patients though, are very disabled and they find having periods, uh, their personal hygiene is very difficult because they may be uh, wheelchair bound, a lot of spasticity, uh, difficulty using their hands and to make it easier for their personal hygiene and for their carers to look after them, uh, ask to have their periods suppressed. Um, <clears throat> Uh, for this, we we have various options. You know, we can give continuous uh, oral contraceptive pill uh, that can be combined or just progesterone. Uh, we tend to use progesterone. There is the ability to give depo progesterone. Uh, the trade name for that is depo provera. It's a very commonly used uh, contraception, uh, particularly in lower middle income countries. Um, uh, and there are some, you know, modern. Uh, uh, ways of manipulating the pituitary gland using so-called gonadotrophin-releasing hormone analogs that suppress the pituitary gland and uh, stop the ovaries from making uh, new follicles and producing eggs. This is actually not generally prescribed by general practitioners. The GR, GR, GNRH analogs are usually prescribed by oncologists uh, or hematologists uh, to suppress um, ovarian function during uh, 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 chemotherapy to protect the ovaries. 
And so this may be relevant to some women of their MS if they're considering uh, HSCT. Now, the other issue that I address in this particular newsletter is this question about, you know, should we, should I as a neurologist be recommending women with MS that have these non-specific symptoms to have themselves checked to see if their oestrogen levels are high enough, um, even though they're having regular periods. In other words, in the asymptomatic or prodromal phase of the perimenopause. And I must admit, I can't do that. I'm a neurologist. Uh, and also, we have these national guidelines produced by NICE that clearly state that you know, if a woman's having regular periods, she can't be perimenopausal because that means her ovaries are functioning. She's having regular cycles. In other words, she's producing oestrogen and she's withdrawing oestrogen and she's menstruating. And so that, from a biological perspective, can't be perimenopause. So the only people that can be screened uh, or offered HRT or people who have symptoms that are associated with irregular uh, periods. In other words, the ovaries are beginning to fail. And I'll go through some of the issues uh, around this definition. Um, you know, my hands are tied. You know, nice guidance states that, you know, you have to be perimenopausal or menopausal to be on HRT and you can't really uh, get HRT uh, under the national pres uh, NHS prescribing, you know, if you are asymptomatic in other words, you have regular periods or prodromal, you have symptoms that could be due to estrogen deficiency, but you're still having regular periods. Mm. Um, I'm aware from my previous case study that a lot of uh, women uh, in this state, this is not people necessarily with MS, these could be women without uh, multiple sclerosis, mm. are beginning to have uh, menopausal symptoms despite having regular periods, go on to HRT and their symptoms resolve. Um, and I suppose this is why uh, we probably need to study that uh, and show that you know, it works. And if that's the case, you know, evidence base will emerge and hopefully national guidelines like NICE guidelines will change. Anyway, I hope I've ad ad addressed um, this woman's uh, main question about the acetate uh, and menstruation and the menopause. And my personal opinion is, I would tend to agree with her neurologist that her irregular periods uh, linked to stopping and starting uh, to were probably coincident and the most likely cause was, was that she was uh, perimenopausal. Please, if you have any questions, uh, go to the uh, MSLV site, ask them and I will try and respond to them or if I, can't, if I don't know the answer, I will try and look them up. Uh, potentially, I could get somebody who's an expert in the field to answer them more specifically. And uh, if you can afford to, please uh, become a paying subscriber. We are gradually creeping up. And I'm hoping to uh, have sufficient funds on a regular basis to uh, feel confident about uh, um, maintaining the uh, employment of my freelance medical writer and web, uh, web designer so we can launch the uh, MSLV and a website, uh, as well as start our you know massive open online course later on this year. Thank you.